0: Hi, hi, beautiful friend. Welcome back to this episode. This one's going to be kind of like a bonus episode because it's not my usual business content, but because almost everyone in my world is a mom wanting to be a mom in that realm. And I love talking about this sort of thing. I'm going to be sharing my birth story from my last baby, my third baby not last as in, we're never having more kids. We'll probably have one or two more. But my most recent birth, I shared over on Instagram, my birth story with Freya when she was born and kind of my experience with Soren when he was born. But now that I have a podcast, I thought what a perfect way to just be able to tell it, share it. And if this is interesting to you. If you like birth stories, if you want to hear about the experience that was a really, really beautiful, positive home birth sort of experience, this is for you. If not, no worries. (laughs) If you're like, I don't want to hear about birth stories, I don't want to hear about home births, then that's fine. Skip on by. There's at least at this moment, like almost 30 other episodes for you to listen to. (laughs) But this is the sort of thing that comes up with my clients. Like in our mastermind boxer chats, we're always talking about motherhood and birth. And um, it's just like another passion of mine that inevitably comes up in so many of my client conversations because we have so many similar values around women's health and birth and like the sacredness of motherhood. So Plus, there are literally a bajillion stories about birth, like in the media, from friends, online, that will make you scared of giving birth. And I want to be another story, another person on the other side of the experience telling you, like having kids birthing your babies gets to be a beautiful experience. It gets to be a magical experience. It gets to be like a raw, powerful experience that is so positive. And it does not have to look the way that you are probably imagining it in your head, right? Like there are just, oh my gosh, so many things I could talk about. So I'm going to tell Leif's birth story. Um, And give you some background and tell the experience, but it was just a really beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, So if you want to stick around for that, then keep listening. Welcome to the Wealthy Mama podcast. I'm Cassie Goodmanson. I'm a mindset and energetics coach. I'm a mama to two little ones and a third on the way and I am here to help you create overflow in every aspect of your life. This podcast is for the woman who wants to have it all and is no longer willing to sacrifice. You want the wealth, the overflow, the impact in your business, And you want the spaciousness and the presence in your motherhood, and you're no longer willing to settle for the cultural conditioning or the stories that tell you it has to be one or the other. We're diving into energetics, your mindset, your stories, your beliefs, so that when you shift those, you can truly show up as the business owner and the mom that you're desiring to be and create riches and wealth in every aspect of your life i'm so excited to dive in let's get started so to give you the background really quick i have had all three of my babies unmedicated um my first freya was born at a birth center a midwife run birth center They, my husband was still a little nervous about like not being at a hospital and not knowing what to expect, right? Like I never even considered having a hospital birth just based on my own research, my own desire not to have any medicine, any drugs to be left alone. And I'm sure there are some hospitals that have midwives or that have OBs that are more flexible, but generally, like if you're going into a hospital setting, your birth is going to be medicalized. I don't even know if that's a word, but it's going to be like led through the lens of medicine, right? Because it's a hospital and that's how they run. Like it's a medicine centered facility. Even if you have a midwife, Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of restrictions. Even if you have an OB who's super flexible, like there's still a lot of Um, restrictions, there's a lot of pressure placed on you for your birth to progress in a quote-unquote normal timeline or normal way. Um, Even like from the start when we're given our due date and at 40 weeks, like if you're going through a hospital, um, it's so, so, so common to start being pushed towards induction. If you go past 40 weeks, when we know based on research that most women go closer to 41 and even, um, up to 42 weeks, like on average, if they're left alone. And so it's just like, so wild to me, if you're wanting a birth, even if like, even if you're not sure if you're wanting a birth where you really allow your body to, do its thing to like have your baby when your baby is ready, when you're ready. Like it's just so crazy to me how many people I know and how many stories there are about people being pushed into induction, which then creates like a cascade that turns into a C-section and like this traumatic experience. When if we had just left the woman alone, if we had just allowed her body to do what it was doing on its own, we wouldn't be there. Right? So that's my little soapbox. <laughs> if you want to chat with me about that, please send me a DM. I'm happy to talk about it. But anyway, so I had my first at a birth center um, with some midwives. Um, and then my midwife, who actually delivered Freya, um, left the birth center and started her own home birth, like private practice when I had Soren. So she was my midwife again for Soren, and we had a home birth um, out in California. And then I loved that. It was a beautiful experience. Both of those births were really amazing in their own way, Um, but I knew that I wanted to do a home birth again. And so when we moved to Baltimore, I was about five months pregnant. Um, we ended up with like the weird timing of moving from California to Baltimore. I didn't have any care in my pregnancy until that kind of midpoint when I was around five months pregnant. We came to Baltimore and we found my midwife here who did a home birth named Brittany. And oh my gosh, she is like an angel of a woman. I was so nervous because I loved my midwife in California and I felt like, how am I going to top this, right? Like how am I going to find somebody again who I feel so comfortable with, who I trust so deeply, who trusts me and my process and like the sanctity of birth in the same way? And we did. Like we found this miracle of a woman (laughs) named Brittany, who was our midwife for Leif's birth and did a home birth. So my pregnancy was really simple right it was very low risk um to do a home birth you have to be low risk you can't kind of have any sort of complications and so i had a very simple pregnancy it was definitely more hard on my body being the third time around and having my kids pretty close like all kind of within 2 years apart from each other and me not really doing my due diligence prior to this third pregnancy with like getting my core restabilized any pelvic floor health things. Like that's something that I'm really prioritizing now after having life, um before we have a fourth baby in the future. But I had a really simple pregnancy, right? Like I, this time really prioritized getting kind of alternative care for myself. I saw a pelvic floor therapist a few times. I did a lot of like prenatal yoga and stretching practices. I prioritized like chiropractic care and nutrition and things like that a lot more to just be really intentional about my body um, and really prep myself for labor. Towards the end of my pregnancy, I um, was just feeling really relaxed, you know, with my first, with Freya, I went to 41 weeks and no, with her, I went to 40 weeks and six days. With Soren, I went to 41 weeks and maybe two days. And with Leif, he was born at 41 weeks and four days. So I've ironically, like most people have shorter um, times with each kid. Like they give birth earlier. I've gone longer with each one. But again, like one of the reasons I love the midwife practice is because in a hospital, like you even start to creep over 40 weeks and they're like so pressury about doing inductions using medicine to alter, like pushing you into labor. And my midwife was like, no, you're fine. Like if we get to 41 and six days, like in Maryland, there's laws that she can't (laughs) um, do a home birth with me past 42 weeks. And so she was like, if we literally get to 42 weeks, then we can start talking about options to like break your water or do castor oil or like these things that would kind of push my body over the edge. But she was like, we're not going to we're not going to worry about it, right? Like we pretty much didn't do anything. Um, I did like all of the normal prep stuff. Like I ate dates, I drank raspberry leaf tea. I was taking all of my vitamins and supplements. Um, I was walking a lot. I was like still being really active, all of these things, but mostly I was just trusting, trusting my body that I would go into labor when I needed to. Um, with this being my third baby, I had so much more. Oh my gosh. Like so much more Braxton Hicks and contractions and probably technically prodromal labor before he was born. But I've actually come to love that. I had that with Soren too. And I had such a fast birth with Soren, like start to finish six hours, very quick compared to my first labor, which was nearly 42 hours, kind of start to finish. Um, My birth with Soren was way faster and it's because I had all these weeks of kind of like padromal labor and Braxton Hicks beforehand. And I did this time too. And I loved that because while it's kind of uncomfortable in the moment, right? And while some people can find it like kind of exhausting to have contractions on and off while they're still pregnant, I knew that it was my body making progress before I actually started labor. So by the time I was in labor, I was already probably five centimeters dilated, fully effaced like it, I was like halfway there without even having done anything yet. Do you know what I mean? So like I'm I was all for that. So towards the end um, right you start seeing your midwife a lot she did home visits and basically she lived an hour away from us. And so the plan was it being my third and thinking that things might go kind of fast, that I would just let her know when I had any contractions that were starting to feel serious, like real labor. And she would pretty much head out um, just to make sure that If I did have a really fast labor, she was here. Her midwife assistant was here. She practices with another midwife. And so basically, I had two midwives here and then um, a midwife student who I loved. So it was the three of them and Erin, and that was it. I didn't have anybody else. I didn't have a doula, a birth photographer, my mom. I'm like a person in labor who is like, leave me alone. (laughs) Don't touch me. Don't go near me. I don't want anybody here. Even like Erin pretty much stays away from me (laughs) when I'm in labor, which I think is really funny, but I just want to be like in my own little bubble doing my own thing. And that's that. So I had an appointment with her that day. It was a Wednesday. And I think, like I said, I was 41 weeks and four days probably um and she measured the baby he was head down he was sitting like super super low in my pelvis already like very engaged everything looked amazing he was in great position he seemed really healthy like based on his heart rate and all of that stuff and she was pretty much like okay well we're just going to keep waiting right and i went home i was really trying to get to bed early every night to make sure that When I did go into labor, I would be super well-rested. With Soren, I went into labor at like 10 a.m. and had him at 6 p.m. It was like in the middle of the day, which was so, 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 so nice because I was so rested. I was like doing my makeup and eating snacks and like hanging out um, with my midwife and with Aaron when I was in labor with him and it was so nice not to be in labor in the middle of the night. So I was really hoping for another situation like that where I could labor during the day and not be really tired. That did not happen, but like you can't control those things, right? So I went to bed probably around midnight. I woke up because I was having contractions that were strong enough that I woke up, right? They were strong enough that I was noticing them. It wasn't just regular Braxton Hicks like I had been having for a few nights. It was like, okay, this feels like a real contraction. They were still probably like eight minutes apart, not super close together, not too intense. Like I was still just laying there reading on my phone and kind of keeping track of it, trying to sleep like in and out of sleep, but probably around 4 a.m., I texted her and I said, like, I've been having contractions. I'm like they started to get to the point where I felt really uncomfortable laying down. Like I do not like laying in labor. I know some people do. For me, it's like the worst position to be in. Um, and so I texted her and said, like, I need to stand up and kind of walk around. They still weren't horrible, right? And here's the thing: like your mindset. Plays such a huge role in your labor experience, even just the connotations you have around contractions, because you can either view them as something that's really painful or you can view them as something that's very powerful. And even just the perspective shift you have in your mind between these two will make a huge difference because my labors, like I would never say my labors were painful that they were like agonizing or excruciating. Were they powerful? Yeah, there's a lot happening. Like your body is so strong. But I have always done the mindset work, done the kind of energetic work around birth to view contractions as like power that I get to amplify and lean in with and um, like just... Lean into, you know what I mean? Like, use it to help my body along instead of fighting it and like the clenching and the fear that happens when you think it's going to be painful. So, yes, my contractions at this point were stronger, but they weren't what I would call painful, right? Like, I feel like it's more painful to like stub your toe really hard against the door than how I would describe labor. That's just me but that sort of mindset shift, if you are going to have a baby, trust me, will be really helpful. And so she was like, okay, awesome. Like, we'll just go ahead and come over. If it's going to be a while, like we can leave, we can go get coffee. But as long as we're close, like she just wanted to be nearby to see if things were going to happen quickly. So I ended up going downstairs all of my midwife team came and got there probably around like 5.30. I was just hanging out in the living room. Aaron got up at that point because he's a super early riser. Anyways, I had let him sleep this whole time because I didn't want him to be tired. Um, Especially because when I was in labor, he was going to have to be like taking care of the kids (laughs) during the day, right? Like we still had two toddlers who were like living their life and doing things. And so he was going to be taking care of them. I didn't want him to be really tired, but we were just hanging out in the living room I um, opted to get an IV put in simply because not like normally that wouldn't be standard at a home birth or with a midwife. The reason was because I, as a redhead and with my body naturally have very, very, very low blood pressure. And with my previous two births, I was right on the edge of what would be considered hemorrhaging Um, with blood loss, like right at the edge of like what (laughs) moves it from like normal into hemorrhaging. And so I knew, and we knew to expect that my blood pressure would be really low and that I would probably lose more blood than like an average person will. And that I wanted um, IV fluids after the birth to help me feel better, right? I very specifically did not want IV fluids during labor because with both of my first two, I had IVs in labor, which helped me feel really good, right? Like at the hospital, you get IV just as like standard protocol. I definitely don't think everybody needs that. But for me with my really low blood pressure and my like extra blood loss, it helps me feel really good during labor. Um, but I think that it increased both of my baby's birth weights, my first two, because they, like, when you get fluids, your baby is also taking in fluids, right? And so they were kind of like plumped up. <laughs> they were a little like bloated with fluids when we weighed them after they were born. And that caused issues because then my pediatrician thought like they weren't gaining weight back as quickly as they needed to even though they were eating, they were growing, they were fine. But then it becomes like this numbers thing, right? Where like, if you're not already super confident mom, it can really throw you off when it comes to breastfeeding. Because like with Soren, he took probably almost four weeks to get back up to his birth weight. And I I don't think that's because like he was being starved. It's because his birth weight was inflated to start with. Does that make sense? With fluid from the IV. And so he had like a further way to go once he lost his normal weight and then was nursing to get back up to it. Does that make sense? So then like the pediatrician was like, have you thought about formula? Are you supplementing? Blah, blah, blah. And it was only because I knew that and I could stand really strong in my my like mother's intuition and knowing like, no, he's not starving. He's eating enough. He's fine. We're not going to do anything. Like I'm not going to stop breastfeeding. I'm not going to change what I'm doing because like I can see with my eyes that he's healthy and that he's growing. But if you were a little worried about that, if you were a first time mom, if you were a little unsure, like that could cause issues for you. So long story short, (laughs) long story long, i had an IV put in just like precautionary for afterbirth to get some fluids to help with like the blood loss and my blood pressure. Um, and then we just kind of hung out. I, I feel like at that point, my contractions were probably like closer to five minutes apart, starting to get a little stronger. Um, and I wanted to go in the water. And so I had Aaron fill up the birth pool and start to fill it with water because I knew that would take a while to get it completely filled up with warm water. And he did that down in the basement. And I ended up going down there probably around like, I don't know, maybe seven o'clock. I feel like I was starting to get into my little labor bubble. So I don't really know exact timings of everything. Um, But I went down there probably around seven o'clock and I labored in the tub for a while. It felt so good. If you have never labored in the water it's amazing, right? Like even if you don't want to actually give birth or push in the water, laboring in the water is so, oh, it's just like heavenly. Freya was down there. She was like pouring water on my back. And we had um, music going. My midwife thought it was really funny because I didn't want like calm music. I wanted like club music. <laughs> So it was like super calm and quiet and peaceful down here, but there was like club music happening. That was like the vibe I wanted for this birth was like party music, party energy, um, which I think is so funny, but that felt good to me. That's what felt like it would keep my energy high and keep my spirits high. And so we we were like all partying to like club music while I was in labor, um, And so I stayed in the water for a while, but it really slowed things down, right? Like with this third labor, it was interesting. It was definitely mentally the hardest labor that I've had. Um, And I think it's just because like now I had two experiences to kind of reflect on and I was imagining that it would be very similar to my second labor and you just can't do that with birth, right? Like each experience is so different. And so I think it was just mentally a little harder for me to not know exactly how long it was going to take, how fast it was going to go, what it was going to feel like. I just felt a little more off, um, which is why it was so amazing that my midwives were people that I trusted very deeply, that I felt very safe with. Because they guided me and they really helped me just kind of tune into my body. So things started to slow down. My contractions started to space out to probably like 10, almost 15 minutes apart. And I was like, Do I get out? Do I stay in here? And my midwife basically gave me the option. She was like, Being in the water is slowing it down. So if you feel like you need to rest, you can stay in the water and rest. Okay. You can relax for a while. It will probably drag out your labor a little bit. It'll take longer for things to fully ramp up but if you feel like you need to catch your breath a little bit do that or you can get out and we can try some positions that are going to encourage labor to be faster right to be more intense to pick up and i didn't really want labor to drag out for longer than it needed to i was in the mindset of like i'd rather lean in again lean into the uncomfortableness of contractions and of the experience but Like have my baby and make progress. And so that's what I did. I got out and they had me kind of rotating back and forth between one sitting on the toilet, which is like the most intense labor position because basically it opens up your pelvis and then the baby is able to like really push down on like their head really presses down and puts a lot of pressure on your cervix so that they can move down during contractions it's so powerful, but it's definitely really intense. And so I was doing that. And then the other thing was my, I was standing up and my midwife was standing behind me. And when I had a contraction, she would put her hands kind of like on the bottom side of my belly and like lift it up and like press it in towards my spine. So she was kind of like lifting the baby, like pushing it, pushing him like in towards me, which again, put more pressure down on my cervix. Um, to make progress, because, especially being like a third time mom, my ab muscles were kind of shot. Like my belly was really, he was like really far forward. and so she was kind of lifting him back and helping like him press down on my cervix so that he would make more progress every contraction. Both of those positions were very intense. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was intense. It was very much like I, had to really embrace the sensation. And again, like I did not, I would not say it was painful. I would say it was powerful, but I had to really focus on relaxing and embracing the situ- sensation and not like clenching away from it. So I did that back and forth for probably an hour. I think I did like t- 10 contractions each place maybe or something like that, right? They were like, okay, let's do 10 of each and then you can rest if you need a rest. And so I did that. I made so much progress in that one hour with those two positions. I probably went from five to like almost 10 centimeters in that hour. I don't know exactly because one thing that I have done every labor is not have them check me for how dilated I am. Because again, that doesn't really tell you anything, right? (laughs) Like, That doesn't tell you how long your labor is going to be because you can go from zero to 10 in an hour. You can go from eight to 10 in six hours. Like it just depends on your body, your baby, your situation. And so I've never wanted to know the number because I felt like it was just like more of a mind game that was going to screw me up and make me feel like I wasn't progressing, quote unquote, progressing like I wasn't, um, it was still really far away. Like I just didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want that like mind game. So I don't know technically how far it certainly felt like I probably got close to 10. so after we did that, I was feeling very tired, right? I was also just pretty tired, this labor because I had woken up at midnight and basically not slept. Um, Another amazing thing about home birth is that you are highly encouraged to eat and stay hydrated, which like, I don't understand how you can have a baby, like be in labor at the hospital, not eat. Like it's like you're running a marathon and they're telling you not to eat anything. Like your body is doing so much work. It needs fuel. It is just mind boggling to me that women do that. So I was eating, having little snacks like fruit um energy balls, stuff that was like really easy and like sipping on electrolyte water the whole time. Um, but after that kind of hour, probably around he was born at 12, so it was probably around like 10 o'clock at this point. Um I laid down on the couch. And I just, at at this point, my contractions were probably like three minutes apart, three or four minutes apart. They were very intense. I knew that I was hitting transition and that he was going to be born soon because I could not hold back my moans anymore. Like if you've (laughs) been in labor, if you've like heard about labor, like it was very intense, like deep moaning noises. Like I feel like people compare it to like cows. Um, mooing, that's like the spot I was in. Like I knew he was going to be born soon because it's so funny because in my mind, I have this thought of like, I can't do this anymore. But then I also have the thought in my mind of, oh, if I'm thinking that, then it's close, right? Like I must be in transition. It's close. And so I just laid on the couch for a while, even though it was so uncomfortable. Like I said, I hate laboring, laying down, I was so tired that I didn't want to move. Um, And all this time, like my midwives are just hanging out, right? It's like so low pressure. They would like come over, check the baby's heartbeats, check to make sure I was good. And then they would leave. They would like hang near me. They would help me if I needed it, but they're like, so not in your face. You know what I mean? Like I got to relax. I got to be in my bubble. It was besides the club music. It was like quiet. It was calm. It was like such a low stress environment, which makes your body feel so safe to actually progress and do what it needs to do to have the baby. So I labored on the couch for a while um, and had those contractions. I was really moaning through each of them. It was very very intense and then my water broke while I was having a contraction on the couch (laughs) and I remember um my water broke I felt it kind of pop while I was having the contraction the contraction slowed down and I just like so casually was like my water just broke and my midwives were laughing Brittany was laughing at me so hard because I said it so calmly and casually, <laughs> she came over and they put like Chuck's pads under me so that I wasn't getting the whole couch wet. Um, but I probably, after my water broke, I knew that that must mean that he was very, very close. And I was starting, while I was laying there, having contractions, starting to feel that like urge to push. Now, something interesting to note here is that with my first two labors, I never felt the urge to push. I don't know if I just didn't quite get there or if I um kind of was like encouraged to push before my body was really ready, but with my first two I felt like I had to actively push. I had to actively like focus on doing that and pushing the baby out and I didn't want that this time. I very, like one of my only requests and focuses, like goals of this labor that I had told Brittany was I want to let my body naturally push. I don't want to have to actively do that part, right? Like your body has a natural reflex to push your baby out if you allow that to happen. And so I wanted that part to be very, um, Like intuitive, and I felt it when I was having contractions on the couch. Like, I wasn't doing any, I literally was like laying there, not doing anything. It's almost like an out of body experience where like your body takes over and you're not doing anything. I was starting to push him down on the couch, and I wanted to be in the water when he was born, and so I was so tired. I was laying here with my eyes closed the whole time, and I remember. Having a contraction, it ended, and I told Brittany, Okay, I'm gonna get up and get in the water. And she was like, Okay, let's do it. And then I just laid there (laughs) because I could not gather the strength to actually get up off the couch. And I waited too long, and then I had another contraction, and it finished. And I was like, Okay, I've got to get in the water now. And she was like, Okay, you've got, you know, two minutes to make it happen before you have another contraction, which you probably don't wanna have like in the air while you're trying to climb into a pool. And so, I finally mustered the strength. They helped me climb into the water, which was so, so nice. And I started pushing like almost immediately. I really didn't want to tear again, which I did anyways, and it was totally fine. But I was really trying to prevent tearing or at least minimize it as much as possible. And so with letting my body push naturally, not forcing it, and also like when I started to feel the pushing, like doing up breathing, which they teach you in like hypnobirthing classes to slow it down, right. To basically give your body time to stretch and have the baby be born slowly enough that you don't tear. Um, and so I got in the water, I had a contraction, um, and I felt the pushing and I like, I could feel his head was right there. Um, which is like so exciting when you're about to have a baby to like feel his head was right there. And I was really trying to like slow myself down. And so he didn't come out too fast. I was my, it was really interesting because a lot of times at this point, women will be having contractions like every one to two minutes, like very close together. Mine were really spread out. It was like five to seven minutes in between each one. Um, It was almost a little weird. I was like, what is happening? But I was getting like five to seven minutes in between each one. But I think I had probably two contractions where my body pushed on its own and his head came out and it was so easy. It, I feel like it just happened on its own. I didn't have to do anything. So his head was out under the water, when that happens, you you don't have to like hurry or rush to get them out because until babies hit oxygen, like until they hit air, they won't breathe. So basically you can have their, their head under, it seems really weird, but you can have their head underwater for a little while before you push out like their shoulders and their whole body. And they're fine because they don't breathe. They're still getting oxygen from the umbilical cord. So my contraction went away. They were timing it, right? Like they kind of put a time limit on this part. Like you can't keep them underwater forever. I remember Brittany was like, they're not mermaids. They can't stay underwater forever. But I had another contraction and his shoulders got a little stuck just with the angle he was at. And so Um, he wasn't really coming out on his own. I was kind of having a hard time, which this has happened with all three of my kids having a little bit of like shoulder dystocia where their shoulder kind of gets caught on your pelvis. And so they had me climb out, which is very awkward. As you can imagine, (laughs) like you've got a baby halfway out of you. Um, but they had me climb out and I stood right next to the tub and basically Brittany kind of reached in with a finger and like pushed his shoulder a little bit so that it would come like unstuck. And then he came out and he was born and it was amazing. He cried right away. He was so big. He was my biggest baby by far. He was um, nine pounds and what, like 10 ounces, I think, something like that, nine and a half pounds. He was big, right? He was like a chunky baby Um, and he was so good right away. I, as expected, had um, a lot of blood loss. And this is the part where like, I feel like to me, it doesn't seem traumatic, right? To my husband, it was slightly a traumatic experience and it got a little serious for a minute and never once did I feel unsafe. Never once did I feel scared. I felt so confident in my midwives and everything they were doing. So after he was born, right, like they waited and then they, my placenta was like started to come out, it didn't come out fully. So part of it got kind of stuck and didn't detach fully, which if that happens, it can be, um, Scary because if it doesn't detach fully, then you can bleed more, right? Because you kind of have this like open spot where it's still attached to your uterus and your body hasn't like clamped down the blood vessels. And so I was bleeding a lot. Um, I was sitting there holding him and I started to feel faint. And so they were trying to get an IV started to basically, like I had, like I said before, like give me fluids to make sure that I didn't pass out and to make sure that I was not going to like hemorrhage blood to the point of it being unsafe. At this point I had, um, a shot of Pitocin, and a pill of Cytotec in my mouth, which again, we had talked about previous to labor. And I was very on board with because both of those drugs help contract your uterus and basically stop the blood loss. So knowing my history of bleeding a little bit more than is normal, um, that was what we had decided to do. It's not like my favorite thing in the world, but like knowing preventatively that I didn't obviously want to hemorrhage because that can be life threatening for you to lose that much blood. I, we kind of planned for those two things. And so I had a shot of Pitocin in my thigh. I took a pill of Cytotec in my mouth, um, and they had to, one of my midwives had to kind of put her fingers in and like manually help get the rest of my placenta out, which a lot of people, if that happens to them, will tell you it's so painful. Like a lot of other women I've heard describe, like if they've had to have their placenta kind of manually removed, that it's like so, so painful. I didn't feel anything. I think I was just like focused on my baby. Right? I was like staring at him. I was looking at him. I was like do whatever you need to do down there to like get it out. But like it didn't bother me. It didn't hurt at all. Um which I think is awesome, I guess. So she kind of got all of it out. She got my placenta, like all the little pieces to come out that were kind of stuck. I still passed out. Okay. I think this is the part that is like a little bit, was a little traumatic to my husband because he was just kind of standing there and he couldn't really do anything. And he said, I went like super, super pale, like ghostly white. And I passed out for a minute. At this point, my midwife had, um, the, like Brittany had the other midwife call the paramedics just in case it, she, the way she explained it was like, we have things under control, but just in case like we want them to be here in case like the bleeding doesn't stop and you do need to transfer to the hospital. It was like she felt confident that she had things under control, but that's like the next step, right? Which is one of the reasons why I trusted her so much because she very much like took the situation seriously and was keeping me safe. And it it wasn't from like a freaking out sort of perspective. And I don't say any of this, like if you're having a home birth, I don't want this to make you scared of having a home birth or to consider that option because it was like, I feel like it sounds dramatic, but it was so casual, right? Like it was such a calm situation. It was like, this is just in case we need it. We need that option available to us. Um, while we kind of assess the situation. So especially because I actually passed out, which for me is not really saying much because I pass out very easily and quite often, just like in everyday life, in my pregnancies, it wasn't like this really wild thing. Um, I feel like I just, like I said, I have very low blood pressure and so I tend to pass out very easily. So the, the EMS came, they literally just like hung out in our living room And Brittany was like, we'll let you know if we need you. Um, And they were here for like two minutes. And then I was like, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. And so they left. But I passed out for a minute. They were giving me IVs. I kind of like woke up immediately. I wasn't passed out for like an hour or anything. It was like 30 seconds. I woke up. I was like, wow, I feel really tired. And they were like, yeah, you lost a lot of blood because of your placenta. Like that, we gave you the cytotech, which is gonna kick in and stop your bleeding. We gave you the pitocin. Do you wanna go to the hospital? And I was like, What are they gonna do for me at the hospital? And Brittany said, "Hook you up to IVs." And I was like, "That's really dumb. I don't want to go to the hospital to get the same thing that I'm literally getting here." As long as my my perspective was basically like, as long as she didn't believe that I was like on about to die or something, I didn't want to go to the hospital. And she (laughs) kind of laughed at me and was like, "I knew you were gonna say that. So we'll send the EMS away and we'll just like make sure that you're okay here." So that was the only thing of this labor that was kind of dramatic, but again, like it didn't even feel scary to me. Like even looking back, thinking about it, it didn't feel scary. I never felt unsafe. It was just like, oh, I need some more fluids. Okay. So after that happened, I started feeling better. They were giving me fluids. Um, Life was just like hanging out on my chest. I ended up standing up and moving up to the couch and I got like all snuggled in. They helped like clean me off and clean him off. They made me like a smoothie and brought me snacks so that I could start like getting my blood sugar back up. Um, And we just did like aftercare. Like one of the beautiful things about having a home birth is you don't have to go anywhere. Like you don't even have to move rooms. I literally stood up, walked one foot over and laid down on our couch that pulls out into a bed. And we just hung out there and we slept on that couch down in the basement for probably three or four days before I walked upstairs to my bedroom. Um, And like, they let me do skin to skin. They came over and helped like make sure that he was nursing for the first time to like get that going. Um, because it was my third baby. I had so much colostrum, like right off the bat that he was like filled up right away. And we just like snuggled on the couch. Like they literally cleaned everything. They got rid of the pool. They like made sure that everything was, um, Literally, it looked like nothing happened down in our basement. Like they cleaned everything. They did all of our laundry. They packed everything away. Um, They monitored me and they stayed for probably like four-ish hours after he was born. And then they came back. So he was born right around 12 p.m., like in the middle of the day. They stayed until probably like four or five. And then Brittany came back the next morning at like eight o'clock. And then she visited every day for almost a week um, And so uh, another beautiful thing about midwifery care is like, they come to you, right? Like you have so much beautiful support and aftercare. Like I just stayed at home and she came and visited. She did weight checks on him. She did like all the newborn exams that like a doctor would do to make sure he was healthy and everything. And I just got to rest. And basically because I lost so much blood, we did a lot of blood draws for me to check like my hemoglobin and my iron levels to make sure I wasn't going to need like a blood transplant transfusion or anything, which I didn't end up doing. I just took a ton of iron supplements and really focused on eating like beans and greens and stuff. Um, I'm vegan. So I wasn't eating like beef or anything. Like maybe you would eat if you weren't vegan, but I just focused on really eating a ton. Like that was pretty much Aaron's job for the first two weeks after he was born was like feeding me. He was bringing me like six meals a day and my iron supplements and all of my water and things like that. Um, but we just knew like, okay, because you lost a lot of blood, you're going to have to focus on iron and really rebuilding that up in your blood, which I did by my six week appointment, my iron levels, my hemoglobin, my hematocrit, like all of it was pretty much almost back to normal, which I'm so grateful for because we were a little worried that I was going to be iron deficient for like three months. Um, And I definitely was very, very tired. Like if you've ever had low iron, it kind of makes you feel exhausted. But other than that, I felt so good. Like I had a few stitches because I tore a little bit. I healed from those within like a week. Like my body felt so good. I didn't feel sore. And I think it's really because like we prioritized me not moving. (laughs) like I literally stayed in bed. I nursed. I read books on my phone and I did not move anywhere. Like I got up to pee and I went back to bed. I got up to shower like once or twice and I went back to bed and that made a world of difference. And like not having to go back to the hospital or go to the pediatrician, at like three days postpartum because Brittany came to us and checked and did all the weight checks and everything. Like it was, it was so good. So that is my birth story. Like I, if you're still listening, I know this is really long, but I hope you found that interesting. It was overall just like such a beautiful, powerful experience. I will sing the praises of home birth and midwifery care to the heavens. Like that is the hill I will die on because it's just unreal. The difference, like Brittany is like a member of our family, right? She's not like an OB that I saw once and who like delivered my baby. She is like a second mom to me. She is like a member of our family. She like, that's the sort of relationship you create when you work with midwives, especially if you find one that you really, really mesh with. And I don't, care if you go to a birth center or do a home birth, but like if you can work with a midwife to deliver your baby, it is just, the experience is completely different. I think that you could ever get inside of any hospital, at least in America. Um, I don't know about other countries, but at least in America, it's just a completely different experience. And It was amazing. It was so good. And we will do another home birth. Hopefully we'll still be in the Baltimore area when we decide to have a fourth baby. Probably we will. So I will hire her again. She will be our midwife again. (laughs) We'll have another home birth that will be different, but still beautiful. Um, And I hope that this is just like if you're pregnant, if you're wanting to have kids, I hope that this is just a story that helps you know like the power that you hold the power that your body holds the ability that you have to make birth like a beautiful wonderful positive experience because it absolutely can be um barring any like wildly crazy circumstances that do happen but are so uncommon like birth can be such a beautiful beautiful experience um so i just wanted to share i wanted to share so i'm super curious if you want to ask me any questions about home birth about midwifery care about anything send me a dm on instagram i'm so happy <laughs> to talk about this like for years and years and hours and hours and days and days um but send me a dm and otherwise i hope that you found this interesting or helpful or uplifting or anything like that and i will be back to regularly scheduled business podcast episodes (laughs) next week, Um, but I wanted to share this. So that is everything and thanks for listening. If you loved this episode, you found it inspiring or helpful, or it created a mindset energetic shift for you. I would be so grateful if you share that you're listening. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at Cassie Goodmanson. That is where I'm always hanging out. And it would mean just the absolute world to me for you to share this energetic exchange. And the podcast can get in front of more people. And this work that is so potent, not just for me and you, can be in front of more mamas and entrepreneurs. So share, tag, leave a five-star rating or review if you feel called to. I love hearing from you and knowing what resonated and just know that I am truly so grateful that you're here, that you listened, that you fit this into your busy life, especially if you're a mama and I know how much you have going on. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so grateful to you. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.